Hello everyone and welcome to Six Pack of Facts, a weekly way of expanding your brain six refreshing facts at a time. My name is Alex and this week it's all about fun in the sun. Throw on your shades and grab your board. We're talking UV rays and tides. Ultraviolet, or UV rays, are just one sliver of the full range of radiation called the electromagnetic spectrum. Divided into a range of wavelengths and frequencies, the electromagnetic spectrum typically contains seven regions. Lower energy radiation, such as radio waves, are usually expressed as frequency. Mid-range energy radiation, such as microwaves, infrared waves, visible light, and UV rays, are expressed as wavelength. High-energy radiation, such as X-rays and gamma rays, are expressed as energy per photon. Ultraviolet light is nestled between visible light and X-rays, with a frequency of around 8 times 10 to the 14 to 3 times 10 to the 16 hertz. While it is a component of sunlight, more on that in a little bit, it's also invisible. Which begs the question, how did we discover it in the first place? It was all thanks to a German scientist named Johann Ritter. Inspired by the discovery of infrared light by William Herschel in 1800, Ritter decided to search for a bluer discovery in 1801. He split visible light into a rainbow using a prism and arranged for light to land on silver chloride salt, a compound that darkens when exposed to light. In the area just beyond violet, the silver chloride quickly darkened proving there was an invisible light. Ritter initially dubbed it chemical light, but ultraviolet eventually became the norm. Although UV rays get bundled as one section of the electromagnetic spectrum, they come in a few different flavors of their own, too. Three, in fact, UVA, UVB, and UVC. UVA rays have the longest wavelengths, followed by UVB and then UVC. This affects two things. How they're absorbed, or not, by the Earth's atmosphere and how far they penetrate into our skin. All UVC and most UVB rays are absorbed by the ozone layer. That means when you walk outside on a bright sunny day, you're mostly getting UVA and some UVB rays. The UVB rays you are exposed to reach the epidermis, the outer layer of the skin, because of their shorter wavelengths, while UVA rays can penetrate to the middle layer of the skin, the dermis, thanks to their longer wavelengths. Now, just because the ozone blocks all of the sun's UVC rays doesn't mean we're never exposed to them. Artificial sources such as lamps and lasers can generate significant amounts of UVC rays. All of this is a little abstract without some sort of scale, And that's why we have the UV index. This index, developed by the National Weather Service and the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency in 1994, reports the strength of the UV exposure in a given region and the risk associated with it. Zero to two is minimal. You can burn in 60 minutes. You should wear sunscreen and UV sunglasses. Four to six is moderate. You can burn in 30 minutes, and you should wear sunscreen, UV sunglasses, and a hat. 10 to 15 is very high. You can burn in 10 minutes, and you should wear sunscreen, UV sunglasses, a hat, use an umbrella, and avoid midday sun. 
Whatever the UV index clocks in at, it's important to take the necessary precautions to avoid any severity of burn. You can pop on a hat, throw on some shades, hide out under an umbrella, but one of the best ways you can screen against the sun is with sunscreen. When it comes to sunscreen, there are two flavors. Please note that I'm not saying you should actually eat the sunscreen. Physical blockers and chemical blockers. Physical blockers reflect UV rays from that pesky old sun with one of two main ingredients, zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. Chemical blockers absorb UV rays and, in the United States, typically contain aminobenzoic acid, avobenzone, octosalate, octocrylene, and oxybenzone. Studies have shown that sunscreen, regardless of the type, provides excellent protection against all three most common forms of skin cancer. Unfortunately, that hasn't stopped sunscreen from getting a less-than-stellar reputation in some circles. Claims of sunscreen causing skin cancer instead of guarding against it, nanoparticles in the sunscreen leaching into our bodies and poisoning us, some of the claims are indeed pretty startling. Thankfully, they're all pretty much demonstrably false. Oxybenzone is typically pointed as the culprit of much of the scare. It could act as a hormone disruptor, but it would take 277 years of sunscreen use to get a dangerous dose. Most medical professionals aren't recommending avoiding oxybenzone. As for the nanoparticles, sunscreen with physical blockers does contain them. They actually make the sunscreen easier to apply and rub into the skin, avoiding the thick streak of white sunscreen of the summer days of yore. But microparticles haven't been shown to be able to penetrate through the skin and into the bloodstream, meaning they're very unlikely to pose a health risk. With summer around the corner, we'll all definitely be using sunscreen to guard against the summer rays. Hopefully, at least. But if you're headed to the ocean, you're sure to encounter another staple of the beach. Tides. Tides are a prime example of the power of gravity. Occurring on every single coastline on the planet, tides are the ebb and flow of water due to the gravitational force of the moon and the sun. There's a pretty good chance you already knew that, but take a second to really think about what that means. The sun and the moon, two celestial bodies that are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles away from the earth, affect our oceans. It's incredible. But what you might not realize is that tides are actually extremely long period waves. Tides originate in the ocean and make their way to the coastline where they take the form of the rise and fall of the water's surface. High tide occurring when the crest of the wave reaches the shore, and low tide occurring when the trough reaches the shore. Tides are also extremely reliable, which makes sense considering the moon and sun also move in a very predictable pattern. But even though gravity is the driving factor behind them, tides can also be affected by several other things, including the shape of the coastline and bathymetry, the features of the ocean floor. Tides come in different varieties, diurnal, semi-diurnal, and mixed. Diurnal tides have one high tide and one low tide every day. Diurnal tides have two high tides and two low tides every day at around the same time interval and height. And mixed tides are similar to diurnal tides, 
too high and too low, but the difference of the height of the two pairs can differ significantly. There is another type of tide that isn't driven by gravity, meteorological. Wind, barometric pressure, rain, melting ice, and drying land can all cause sudden increases or decreases in sea levels. We haven't had a good old-fashioned fun fact cavalcade in a while, so here we go. Even though tides seem fairly gradual at shore, the wave of the tide travels at around 450 miles an hour. It's not just ocean water that's affected by tides. Water wells as far inland as Wisconsin also fluctuate with tidal changes. Ocean tides could generate about 3 terawatts of energy. That's three times the world's daily energy consumption. Tides create a lot of friction as they travel along the ocean floor. Some of that energy is released as heat, but most grinds against the Earth's rotation. The planet is turning slightly slower every single day thanks to the tide. And lastly, Leonardo da Vinci thought tides were caused by a massive beast breathing in and out. He tried to calculate the size of the beast's lung. He did not succeed. And there you have it. Some luminous facts about UV rays and old reliable facts about tides. If you're heading out for some summer fun, slap on that sunscreen and don't get caught by a riptide. Because you'll want to come back next week for another six-pack of facts. Until then, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.